Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, 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 welcome back to Pure Victory Podcast. Matt and Braden here. We're doing something a little different today, hey? Going, going the health route? Yeah, we haven't done one like this before, so I'm excited. I think this is a long time coming and we got the right guy to do it. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. I've been a fan of Justin for a while, not just a fan, but a friend and an opponent. Played played hockey against each other, played hockey with each other. He was a goalie, right? Am I right, Justin? You're a goalie? Yeah, Matt Maddie would light the lamp. He'd give me a nice suntan on the back of my back of my neck. <laughs> That's right. That red light was on all day. I hope you weren't known as red light Rothling chauffeur, hey? No, that's that's too much of a mouthful. It was just, <laughs> yeah. it was, they just sat me on the bench. <laughs> that was impressive how you pronounced that name, though. Uh, hey, just learning that's it. great. I'm I'm doing well. I'm on today. <laughs> I never I never forgot Justin. For the first time I ever saw you play, I just remember that last name. Sixteen letters. How many syllables? I don't know. It's the alphabet plus some probably. <laughs> it's uh, it's one of the things I was always like. Uh, I kind of like hated it because I still remember coming into my locker room. It was the first year with like embroidered name bars. And I was so excited because you're like, man, you got the tri-colored lettering that's on there. It's like the first time it's like the NHL teams. It's looking really cool. And I walk in and everyone's looks amazing. And mine is like dummy down into <laughs> baby letters. And you can barely read it. You need a magnifying glass. I was like, oh, it wraps man. around your number, right? And goes yeah, down your back and around. Like, oh, <laughs> gosh. That's covers the numbers on your shoulders. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's yeah. too bad. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Well, uh, getting known as you are, it's good that you can cut her down for people. It's a, it's a tough one when you're getting introduced. But but uh, no, we're pumped to have you. What you do is so cool. And and. um your master's, you got your master's in HRV, sleep and recovery science, author of four books, your founder of, of Own It, which is really cool. And we'll get into that. And uh, also my chef in high school, which was a lot of fun. I remember uh, <laughs> at lunch or the end of the day, I don't know, but I'd come to my locker and Justin would come out of foods class with a, with a plate of food for Kleiner. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Just had to keep you fed, man. You had to, you had to between uh, between you and my mom. I was good. <laughs> at home and at school, that's wonderful. <laughs> you left. Uh, you left Edmonton, though. We're recording about five, maybe eight minutes from where you grew up. Um, but you left Edmonton. Can you just share just quickly on on what took you out of town and uh, and where? Yeah, just that journey. Yeah, in uh, when I was seventeen years old, I headed out west, or pardon me, out uh, out east to uh, Ontario and continued to play my junior hockey and um, was fortunate enough to come down to the U.S. on a hockey scholarship at, uh, at 20 years old and um, really just haven't come back since. It's, it's been one of those things that's God's kind of led the direction in my path since I've been down here. And um, I always thought I was coming down here to start an NHL career and um, little did I know it was just going to deviate slightly in a different direction and uh, kind of come into more of the health side and, and use me in a different way and still make it to, to the NHL, but in a different capacity. And um, it's been really unique just to see the different places that I've been. I've lived in uh, California, New York, Washington, 
uh, Ohio, Kentucky, Florida. Um, so really all over the United States and uh, just had so many different blessings and uh, different opportunities to pour into people and get different experiences that have opened up my eyes to only continue to pour back into and serve everybody that uh, that we touch on a regular basis now uh, within own it. And so I, I think it just comes back to even as I as I mentioned that and talk about it, I know we'll get deeper into it, but it's it's the uniqueness of what happens when you start to steward the gifts that you've been given rather than think of owning them and having them as being a part of that you that, that you have to take control of, uh, but rather surrendering that and then just stepping into wherever you're called and being obedient. Uh, that the doors that get opened um, get really exciting. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I'm excited to touch out with you today because. I think when we think of health, uh, we might compartmentalize that a little bit. We'll put it in one box of our life. Um, you were talking more before we came on about a holistic approach, more of a, a looking at our whole life uh, and health in that regard and um, how, how that matters. And so maybe just speak to that a bit. What does that mean to be healthy? And uh, in a whole, in that holistic sense you're talking about, that's a big question, but maybe break it down so we can kind of have some understanding what you mean by that. Yeah, so it's it's. I'll, I always tell this story when I talk about this. When we think about holistically integrated health, I think we always bring it back to the physical side. We bring it back to the physical realm. How fit am I? How am I eating? How am I sleeping? How am I feeling on a day to day basis? And if you've ever gone to a functional medicine doc or a RD or have a personal trainer that says, "Hey, I have a holistically integrated approach in how I show up," but yet all you get is a supplementation routine and a new diet plan, or all you get is a workout plan and a uh, different recovery modality. Nobody's ever looking at what's happening mentally, emotionally, and spiritually within you. And thus we're missing a major domain. And so I still remember sitting in uh, one of my uh, cellular biology classes and taking a look at some of these definitions of holistic. Well, the definition of holistic means all. And when you think about the definition of integrated, it means to bring together, to make complete, to make one, to create oneness. And then when you come to the definition of health, it's the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional condition of a human being. Well, that was all cool. I, I understood that. I was like, oh, that's interesting, but still didn't wrap my head around the concept of why we couldn't feel complete. We couldn't feel whole if we only looked at the physical side of things. And it wasn't until that cellular biology class, as we continue to go through, that I came to the definition of heal. What does healing actually mean? And it's the exact same definition as integrated, to make one, to create completeness, to bring all together. And so it's no wonder that in our lives, we're continually chasing our health. We're continually chasing this feeling of completeness because we're not actually treating our health in a integrated way. We're treating it in a disintegrated way. We're treating it in silos. You're going to go to your strength coach for something. You're going to go to your RD for something. You're going to go to your pastor and church for something. And you're going to go to your um, therapist for something else. But a lot of people don't even have those four pillars put in place, let alone be all integrated, talking together, uh, working off one another and seeing how they all encapsulate one another. And when we don't integrate them, we disintegrate them by default and thus see the disintegration of our health holistically. And so we're going to continue to be on this carousel trying to chase what true health feels like if we don't succumb to the concept that 
I can't dissociate mental, physical, spiritual, emotional health. I have to address them all as one. I have to think about them in a unique way. And I have to make sure that I have a solution for each domain. Otherwise, there's always going to be a hole and my puzzle is never going to be complete. Hmm. So with our focus, uh, being sexual health and pornography there's when when an, when somebody who's addicted to something wants to get free of that behavior so much of the focus is on that behavior um what where would where would a starting point be for you to start to expand their view of what they can do to move move into the health that you're talking about yeah so i love this i love this question because whether you're talking about pornography and sexual health whether you're talking about weight loss and physical health whether you're talking about a different diet routine whether you're talking about sauna cold plunge any type of habit you want to start to institute the world tells us to take a bottom-up approach and when a bottom-up approach what i mean by this is it's body first then heart then mind then spirit and when we operate that way what ends up happening is we go in and we go, okay, I gotta, I'm not going to click on that um, website today, or I'm not going to be scrolling through uh, those Instagram reels today. I'm going to stay away from it. I'm just going to completely eliminate it from where I am. Well, that actually isn't health. It's just white knuckling, utilizing willpower until sometime you succumb and you fall off. It's the same thing with a diet. Ah, I'm just not going to eat that food. I'm going to keep it in the corner. I'm going to keep it in the cupboard. I'm not going to bring it in the house. But there's going to be one day where you just succumb and you fall to it. And it's like, oh my gosh, now I'm going to throw it all out the window. Well, what happens when we take a physical body approach first, it starts to poison our heart. It causes us fear. It causes us anxiety. It causes us depression. It causes us these emotional breakdowns that thus continue to dissociate the mind, meaning, I'm not good enough. I'm not consistent enough. I'm not worth it. I can't do this. I'm never going to be able to reach this. I'm not far enough along, which thus pull us further away and disconnect us from our spirit, what it is that we're called to do, where it is that we're meant to go. And if we flip this whole continuum on its head and take this new approach, this top-down approach, and at first connect spiritually, Ask yourself the question, what do I identify with? What am I being called to? What's my deepest desire that God's put in my heart that I'm ultimately seeking? What am I being obedient to? What am I listening to? It might be, it might be your career. It might be your family. It might be something that sits there at the core. It's a spiritual connection that you're ultimately seeking. What that does is it renews the mind. It's no, I am worth it. No, I can do this. No, I don't need to seek perfection. I just strive for consistency and I approach it one day at a time. That thus takes your fear, your anxiety, and your depression that you've been battling with emotionally and it purifies your heart. It now allows you to lean in confident, joyful, inspired, and then it dictates what happens physically. It dictates what happens to your habits, your behaviors, and your lifestyles, and the environments that you put yourself in that create real sustainable change, something that's long-lasting, something that's going to extend and give you the staying power to stand firm no matter what temptations come your way, no matter what gets thrown at you, no matter what curveballs come your way, you will continue to stay on that path and realize true health for the long run and create a long-term solution. Anything that, that anything that comes in from any other shape and form, that's spirit, mind, heart, and body, any other order is just a cheap substitute at a premium price and won't get you through for a long term. Mm. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. 
Um, and I think that if you were to put your coach uh, hat on here, Justin, a little bit with this, because this is um, sometimes often very unnatural uh, way of approaching this for us and based on what culture has taught us, the world has taught us or, or shown us to the model that we, we tend to want to follow after. So it's hard. We have to kind of unlearn and then relearn some things. And, and so how would you help somebody to navigate just what you said you said um a different way of thinking a different approach because often yeah we just started that one base layer of body and we focus there so how do we turn that up to the right way and and what were what are some things that you'd coach someone in, in maybe starting to move that way so the first thing is is you talked about this word different and to me the word different is sacred and the reason i say that is because it different means to be set apart to be set aside and it's equivalent to the word holy for me, because holy means the same thing, to be set aside, to be kept sacred, to be special. And each one of us has a uniqueness about us. Each one of us is different. There's not one solution that's going to work for Matt. There's not one um, uh, solution that's going to work for Brad, that's going to work for Justin. It's going to be unique and different for each one of us. And thus, we have to take a different approach to it. It says in the Bible all the time that don't conform to the ways of the world, but yet what do we do? We conform to the ways of the world right? because it's the easiest way to do it. It's the area of least resistance. It's the way that we don't stand out. It's the way that we uh, aren't put on an island and called out for it. And I think for me, my entire life, I've always done things differently, whether I liked it or not. The harder I tried to fit in, the <laughs> more different I, I seemed. And it was one of these lessons that when we start to realize that we were built to be different. We were built to show up in a different way. We were built to have a different calling, a different desire, a different uh, set of uh, habits and behaviors in our life. It gives us the freedom. It gives us permission to lean into that. It gives us permission to say, oh, I can be completely different than every single one of my friends. Maybe I need to get a different friend circle. Oh, I can be very different than uh, the rest of my family, maybe I should start to treat my family in a different way. And when you start to look at it that way, and you start to think, man, where can I start to incorporate different into my life on a day to day basis, it opens your eyes to the possibilities. Because if you think about Oprah, what do they, people say when they see her, man, she just has a different heart. She has a different level of perseverance. LeBron James, the guy's just built different. Kobe Bryant, the guy just had a different mentality. Walt Disney, the guy has a different level of creativity. Every single one of those, they're the great, they're, they're, they're the greats. They're the people that stand out. They're the ones that you want to compare yourself to. They're the ones that you want to emulate. But what we often try to do is we try to do everything that the world sees. We try to pick up on the different habits and behaviors that are more on the physical side of things. But how did they live? How did they design their life? How did they design their day to day? What were the habits that nobody saw that ultimately created the different results that everyone sees? What do you have to do in silence in order to be recognized in public? What is that uniqueness that they figured out? And the best part about it is it's not something they read in a book. It's not something that they uh, learned at a conference. It's not something they heard on a podcast. It's something that they innately found internally when they connected spiritually. And the moment that they connected spiritually was the moment that everything fell into alignment because it changed the way they thought, it changed what they felt, and it changed how they acted. Yeah, I love it. 
I love it. I remember I, this is probably just last year sometime. I just felt God say to me, man, you didn't fit in when you were in hockey because I didn't make you to fit in. I made you to stand out and be different. And look what you're doing now. And you you are different. And and it's I love it because so much of of addiction has to do with that emotional side where you you get rejected and you feel down or you don't know who you are and and you don't think that God approves of you. And so we escape into these things. But what you're saying is when you're connected spiritually and you get in alignment with what God says about you and who he says you are, how he made you to live, you realize like, man, other people's rejection only only empowers you to realize I am different. And God did make me for a reason. Or, you know, other people not seeing that approval of you, it doesn't matter anymore. Or, or not approving of you, it doesn't matter anymore, anymore because God approves of you and he made you for a purpose that maybe other people don't see. And so what you're saying is to not be conformed to the way of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that ultimately is going to lead to to change in the behavior, um, which is which is foundational scripture when it's talking about transformation. And I love how you break it down so detailed in terms of holistic health. Uh, really cool. Can you can you talk about like like get into your specialty in terms of you got a lot of specialties, but HRV recovery science, what that kind of how that affects addiction. I remember we had a conference actually at your, at your home church at McKernan, we had a conference before COVID here and, and we brought a guy in to talk about brain science and he was just harping on the role of food and exercise in, in renewing or, or rewiring our brain from porn addiction. And so if people can understand that, to a high level, I think it's really important. So um, just the connection between taking care of your body and that uh, that addiction. Well, if you come back to it at the end of the day, your body's a temple. And I, I usually give this example of what we're trying to accomplish is, uh, I know everybody's gotten pizza delivery to their house before. And when the pizza shows up, you got the pizza man. And if he shows up, what do you celebrate? Hey, the pizza's here. The pizza's here. Yeah, excited, right? Well, nobody celebrates the pizza box. Nobody's like, yes, the pizza box is here. The pizza came in a box. We're good. But all of a sudden, if the pizza guy showed up and he had the pizza in his hands, you'd be like, bro, <laughs> I'm not eating that. Okay? <laughs> I, I really don't want that. But there, the pizza box only needs to be two things. It needs to be clean and needs to be empty. It's the same thing with our bodies. They need to be clean and they need to be empty in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit and what matters because it's a temple. It's truly what sets us on fire. And because we're not often open to listening, we're not open to what I say, slow is smooth and smooth is fast and slow is an acronym. We need to be silent. So we can also ultimately listen so we can be obedient to generate wisdom. And if we're sitting here trying to, and I see this all the time, especially with people who've come through and, and any type of addiction, alcohol, sex, drugs, pornography, food, uh, work. Like I I've gone through all of those in my life. And it, the, the unique thing about, um, addiction is it just morphs and changes into something else. It's never really overcome until you figure out the spiritual, mental, emotional, 
and physical order in which they need to fall into. And so if we're not willing to be silent and hear what God's talking to us about, what he's telling us, we don't even give ourselves the opportunity to be obedient. It's like if you were trying to listen to this podcast right now and Matt was playing on the drums and um, Brad was uh, playing the xylophone and there was all this chaos and background noise. And I was like, I'm here to tell you the secret of the world. You're like, what, what? I can't hear it. I can't hear it. Like I want to hear it. But all of a sudden, if we mute them and I sit here and I start talking slowly, I start talking quietly, you're able to just listen. And it's not that God has a, list, uh, a talking problem. It's that we have a listening problem. We don't allow ourselves to get still. We don't allow ourselves to get silent. So we have no opportunity to listen. If we don't have any opportunity to listen, we don't have any opportunity to hear. And if we don't have any opportunity to hear, we don't even give ourselves the opportunity to be obedient. And so if we don't give ourselves the opportunity to be obedient, the best chance for us to succeed is a 50-50 chance. Do I choose A or do I choose B? Tell me what to do, God. Well, I'm still playing the racket. I'm still out in the world's way of doing things. I'm still not silent. I'm still not giving myself the opportunity to listen and hear and be obedient. So it's up to me. I'm going to use it in my flesh to decide whether I'm going A or whether I'm going B. And if I'm lucky, I might get it right once or mm -hmm. twice or three times. But we ultimately will make some wrong decisions. And then that's what we have to ultimately deal with in our flesh. And it throws us down that road that can be hard and arduous and frustrating and difficult. And that's the way that we have to garner wisdom rather than with the wisdom that God intended for us. And so I say all that completely bypassing the original question of what is HRV, but I'll bring it back is that our bodies don't know the difference between mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional stress. And it doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's perceived. It also doesn't know the difference between what's positive and what's negative. And so our nervous system, sympathetic, parasympathetic, is constantly on a sliding scale. It's not like I turn the, my, my sympathetic system, which is your stress fight or flight system on, and then I can flick it off whenever I want, like a light switch. It's more like a dimmer switch. It's a constant um, uh, scale that's always sliding based upon how your body is reacting. And so what heart rate variability does for us in terms of understanding our bodies better, giving us a better um, insight and an inside look at what's actually happening is the definition I, that the best one I've come up with that kind of simplifies it is the barometer or the language to how our body is adapting to stress and strain, mental, physical, spiritual, or emotional. And it's that daily KPI to understanding how resilient we are to stress. And so if we're seeing an upward trend in heart rate variability over a week or a month, it means, hey, we're doing some, our body is adapting to the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional stressors that we're exposing it to really well. If we see a downward trend, it's an alert system saying, hey, I don't know what you're being exposed to, some mental stress, some emotional stress, some physical stress, some spiritual stress, but your body's not adapting to it really well. And your cup is starting to fill up. Your, your cup is starting to overflow. And we're going to need to figure out to change some habits and behaviors in our life that are going to poke some holes in that cup that are going to allow it to start to drain so we can have greater capacity to handle more of the stressors that you're pouring in. Perfect example is you oftentimes, anybody that's in addiction knows that there's two things that often happen. Either A, you get really stressed 
in your life, be it that there's something going on with your spouse, there's something going on at work, there's something going on with your kids, there's something going on financially, there's something going on in the way that you are probably not eating well and uh, exercising and doing things that are helping you physically. And so what's happening is your cup is now overflowing. And the only thing that you know that helps to curb that is the alcohol or the pornography or the, um, in my case, for a lot of times, it was the, uh, uh, it was exercising, uh, like to an ex to a just unhealthy level. And so when we start to garner ourselves and kind of bring that all around, you look at the suppression of heart rate variability, and you can actually start to see when certain relapses start to happen, because you're just trending in that downward direction. And you can, you, you can, you straight up understand and know that the body is under a severe amount of stress. It's in a massive sympathetic overload that it's going to break at some point. It is going to take a turn internally. And even though you don't feel it because you're like, man, I don't feel stressed. Your body is still having to write checks for what you're aware of or what you're unaware of. And we want to bring greater awareness to how your body is handling stress, how your body is handling strain, be it mental, physical, spiritual, or emotional. Hmm. Wow. Well, it sounds like this takes um, some help, but some self-awareness to do this well. Um, and it's just so interesting because uh, this conversation, I mean, we're having it right after my wife and I have just gone back from this um, spiritual retreat for ministry leaders. And um, really focusing on the self-awareness, but the rest, all these different things. So I'm, I'm loving what you're saying, Justin. It's so interesting because um, that silence, that work that we need to do um, on the self-care component is often lost in life. We, uh, we put that to the background and it's, um, it's when we don't do that self-care, when we're not sitting um, with God in the sense of rest and hearing from him, but um, all these different things you're, you're talking about, um, we are uh, at a very high, highly stressed level often that we're running hot. We don't know it. And then we have these escape um, coping mechanisms that we are tying into and we don't realize we're even doing it or why we're doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's just so interesting. I mean, I, I heard this one study recently um, when we're talking about silence and quiet and self-care. Uh, they did this study years ago where um, I think it was college students, but they, um, they gave them the option of either spending five minutes in quiet or getting an electric shock. And the majority of people chose an electric shock because they didn't want to sit in quiet. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's just so interesting because, I mean, uh, we, we don't know how to deal with that often. And uh, uh, the self-care component of, of being able to rest, we miss that. Uh, and it's so interesting because I think self-care is holy work. It really is. we got to take care of ourselves. And when we don't do that, um, our lives are really disordered and, and out, of, out of whack. So um, really appreciate all that you're saying. And um, I'm doing that, that work that we need to do um, on a self-care level. And uh, um, what are some things that you would recommend? I mean, we're talking about being aware of um, our heart rate and all these other things that we mm -hmm. do need outside help with. And I'm sure that your work does that too. But what are some things that we can do to do that self-care and be self-aware um, of, of maybe some of our triggers, but what's going on inside, what we're feeling. Um, are we stressed? Are we anxious? Do we have some fear? And what are some things that you have seen work well to be more, um, self-aware and do that care that we need to do? Yeah. So there's a unique framework that I kind of have that is in association to heart rate variability. And so the unique thing about HRV is you can grab HRV anywhere. Um, if you have an Apple watch, a Fitbit, a 
whoop band and aura ring they all gather heart rate variability and so everybody has access to this data now uh, a lot of people just have no idea how to use it and so what you actually can end up doing is i built out what we call eight controllables so eight things that you have control over eight action steps that you can start to lean into that really help balance or create a rhythm in heart rate variability and gives you now the awareness as to, Hey, what habits and behaviors impact my ability to be either stress resilient or be impacted in a very large way um, by either succumbing to certain behaviors or not. And so those eight controllables are exercise, sleep, nutrition, mindset, hydration, self-care, immune function, and environment. And so when you listen to those eight controllables, it's like, hey, that's interesting. Exercise is actually only one of the eight. And mindset is only one of the eight. Self-care is only one of the eight. Environment is only one of the eight. So there's like, again, pertaining to mental, physical, spiritual, emotional stressors. And so there's certain habits that fall into each one of those. For example, sleep. If you're not operating in a base level of what we call um, baseline habits, three hours before bed, no more major meals, two hours before bed, uh, no more work, so no more heavy decision-making processes, one hour before bed, no more uh, blue light and shutting off all kinds of uh, electronics around us and entering into what I call your parasympathetic routine or a wind-down routine, we're not setting ourselves up. We're not preparing ourselves for one of the most important things at night, which is our sleep. I hear it all the time from people. Hey, I just can't get my mind to shut off at night. Well, you can get your shut up, mind to shut off at night. You just choose not to. And when you choose not to, it thus impacts you the next day. We can get into all the hormonal irregulation. We can get into the issues of quality of sleep and what the issue of quality of sleep does to your uh, mental willpower and to uh, succumbing to old habits and behaviors, all of these things and why it starts to, again, be a great predictor for uh, addiction relapse. But then we can go down to something like hydration and the baseline habit is half your body weight in ounces of water a day. Well, a lot of, not a lot of people realize that you've got 80% of your body that's made up of water and 85% of your brain, heart, and lungs that are made up of water. But yet, we have no idea how much water we drink in a day. I drink two cups a day, I think three, four, but like, no, how many ounces do you track it? Do you know that my water bottle is 24 ounces? I need a hundred ounces a day. So I'm drinking four of these. A lot of people have no idea. They haven't built their life by design to make sure that they can accomplish that. And so each one of these eight controllables has three or four baseline habits that you can start to identify. Hey, am I doing these? Am I engaging in this? Have I created a life by design or have I not? And as I start to lean into these and start to build this life a little bit more purposefully, you can start to see the change in heart rate variability. You can start to see the increase in capacity to do more. You start to feel better. You start to have more energy. You start to be more mentally clear. You start to be more focused. You start to be more controlled. You start to be more connected, but it's only because you've now started to bring yourself back holistically and integrate everything together and have a system, a process, and a framework that allows that to be consistent um, on a daily basis. Really good. Really good stuff. Really practical. And uh, 
yeah i just love your approach yeah. i just love that it's holistic and like truly holistic not just in word but like it really really is mm -hmm. and and the details are great you've got a lot of info you got four books you've got different things people could take advantage of where can people find you and get uh get resourced more by you so I think the biggest thing right off the bat is if everybody went to healthabundancescore.com, uh, what they'll be able to find there is, uh, is a few things. Number one is they'll be able to go through their own health abundance score and say, hey, where am I lacking mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally? Where am I a little bit um, less full in these domains? And where do I have the biggest area of opportunity? Then what's going to happen is there's going to be about a 10 week um, journey that we're going to take you on that um, allows you just through a series of videos, series of emails to help give you some more information on heart rate variability, give you more information on these eight controllables, and then allow you to pick and choose, hey, where do you want to start and give you now a framework to actually start practicing in your life in a, in a, um, in some form of a purposeful way that you can actually start say, Hey, I'm starting to see some improvement. I'm starting to feel better. I'm starting to actually notice the changes in the difference. So I would say healthabundancescore.com is the best place to uh, just at least start your journey and get your toe wet. Um, and then I'm all over Instagram at uh, Justin Roth. And um, I try to answer all my DMS all the time. And uh, so you, you actually know, it's me kind of <laughs> conversing with you on the other end. And um, those, those I say would be the, the two biggest spots to go. Mm. Wow. Well, I encourage everybody out there to do that. Uh, this has piqued my interest for sure. And uh, yeah, even what you're talking about, um, those different markers of three, two and one hours before sleep. I'm like, oh, I guess I can't eat my steak sandwich uh, yeah. right before bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is good. This is great, uh, Justin, just sharing that because um, some of these things, I think we don't really know even how to take a step forward. And so that's helpful. And I think this is going to be helpful to everybody listening out there. So you're listening. Go check those things out. We'll put them in the show notes for you and uh, connect to Justin. Um, if you have questions, um, I'm, he sounds like he'd be very open and just talking with him. We know he is <laughs> uh, to those questions. So do that. And we encourage you all out there um, to think of health in this way. Um, often we miss that and we only have one little, you know, kind of area that we compartmentalize in our life and we focus on that and it just doesn't work. So we have a better, more holistic approach in life and health. So thank you, Justin, for being here. Oh, thanks, Matt and Brad. It's been, uh, it's been great. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.